This podcast was recorded and produced on the lands of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. Blackbirds acknowledges and pays deepest respects to Elders past and present and to all First Nations peoples listening to this show. Sovereignty was never ceded. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. No offence, but... No offence, but you guys suck. Oh, no offence, though. Like, no offence. Great Britain has now become Snowflake Central. No, 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 no. Oh, my God. Look, no offence, but... Oh, my God. Oh. No, I am not proud of that. Come on, get him a vegan sausage roll to calm down. What the fuck is going Hello and welcome back to another episode of No Offence But, a Blackbirds podcast. My name is Aisha, I'm the Artistic Director of Blackbirds and the host of this show. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by someone who I've wanted to interview for a really long time, and that is the one and only Jade LaFlay. Jade is a Canberra-born DJ and producer who has pushed boundaries well outside of the club bubble. She's managed to transform her DJ sets into unforgettable live performances with collaborations from her collective of creatives, including live vocalists, rappers and dancers. There's not much that Jade doesn't do. As I mentioned before, Jade is a DJ. She creates amazing events. She co-hosts A1 The Show on Spotify and has her own show, Only With Jade LaFlay, where she chats with some of the music industry's biggest rising stars. Jade has an incredible work ethic and is an absolute hustler. She identifies as rich, retired and fabulous and honestly, same. Did you know that Jade used to be an athlete? I didn't. There's so much more to Jade than meets the eye. I learnt so much about her during this chat and you will too. I am joined by Jade LaFlay. Jade, how are you? Hola, mommy. I'm good. I'm very good. Just um, feeling cozy in lockdown at the moment. Yeah, and looking amazing. Like your lockdown fit is lit. I, my lockdown fit is track pants. <laughs> I've got track pants on the bottom. It's calm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. When was the last time that you were offended or you offended someone? I've been thinking about this all day and I, look, I am the type of person that rarely feels offended because I make the conscious decision not to be offended by things because I think it's counterproductive to my everyday being and I but I I have a feeling I probably offend more people than I do (laughs) get offended yeah because I tend to speak my mind sometimes without considering other people's feelings too much um but I'm learning to be better at that do you have a so, moment in your head where you're like, oops, I definitely offended that person? Fuck, no, I can't think of anything, but <laughs> I, okay. I think it happens daily. <laughs> <laughs> That's what sure. happens when you speak your mind. I think that people are offended so easily these days as well. Like anything you say, I don't know. I also think my existence sometimes offends people. Like, you know, me owning this white couch from Harvey Norman is fucking offensive, but it's not, not my fault. I didn't pick the fucking couch. Like I didn't. <laughs> You heard it here first. (laughs) (laughs) Don't come for her. Please don't cancel me. Just don't roast me, please. No, um, I feel like being offended is almost like an addiction. Mm. People love to be offended. Sometimes they just get addicted to it. Mm -mm. Like people love the drama. People love the drama and then maybe lose sight of the things that actually matter or should Mm. matter. Mm. Yeah, I totally Mm. agree. Can you give... 
us a brief introduction as to who you are. You wrote down on your list of questions, who do you identify as? Yeah. um, I identify as rich, retired, fabulous. Yes, I'm just hoping. (laughs) And happy and still chasing my dreams. And I say this because that's like I'm all about manifesting, obviously such a buzzword, but I just like to speak my future into my like existence now. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, I'm always telling myself like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm wealthy, I'm retired, I have everything that I want and need, I'm in love, I'm happy, I'm thriving, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's me in a, in a very like broad sense. Obviously I do quite a lot of things and I feel like I have a lot of different angles to me. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think I consider myself to be a human being just trying my best and at this point in my life, I'm living the dream. So I, I feel like I'm very lucky. I'm one of the lucky ones as well. I often feel very blessed. And, um, yeah, that's me. What What is the dream? What is the dream that you're living? The dream is I get to wake up every day and do whatever the fuck I want to do. Yeah. I don't have to. I don't really have to answer to anyone besides like my grandmother, you know, like people that I really love and care about and I have to, you know, set a certain standard for them. But other than that, I don't really have to answer to anyone. And that is living the dream to me. I don't have to wake up and go to a shit job that I don't like. I get to wake up and and literally plan my day around the things that I love to do. Mm. And I think it's taken me a long time to get there because I've had to work, you know, so hard, but it's been, it's, it's been worth it. And I don't plan on stopping. Like I don't want to take my foot off the gas. That's living the dream to me in, in, in my opinion. And you grew up in Canberra. Did you grow up overseas as well or just Canberra? I was born in Canberra yeah. and I lived in Indonesia when I was a lot younger and then moved to Sydney when I was 17. Mm-hmm. So I've been in Sydney for a while and then I moved overseas, um, moved to LA for a bit, moved to uh, Hong Kong, um, China, back to Indonesia, back to Australia. Wow. What were you doing in LA and and Hong Kong and China? Dancing. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. There's so many layers to you. Okay. So you were a (laughs) professional dancer dancing in LA, dancing in Hong Kong, dancing in China. I was a I was a professional dancer, but like I knowing the amazing dancers that I have like in my life and how successful they are in comparison to what I was doing, I don't I tend to not like boast about it too much because they've just achieved like such amazing things, you know. Whereas I kind of like I only scrape the surface of it. I got to live overseas and dance overseas and um, earn a living from it, but it, it I never felt like that was who like my true calling Mm. yeah it was it was amazing and like I I started from you know a really young age so I was dancing all around Australia before I was like 15 years old yeah were you a Stanford girl no I wasn't oh I was was. a straight fucking street dancer really yeah (laughs) yeah you were a street dancer oh my god Jade LaFlay out in the streets well, my my dad was a b boy. No so, way! You're kidding. Yeah, 
my dad was a b-boy and I got into like ballroom and um Latin American dancing when I was super young as well so I kind of did both and then I did like hip-hop yeah and like I tried jazz and ballet and that but I never fit into like the dance schools I was never one of those girls um because I felt like a lot of them had like those dance mums, those type of like, you know, mm-hmm. they went to private schools and they were just like, whereas I was very different. I was very like, I grew up in Tuggeranong, like the south of Canberra. It was very rough. It was like, it was just a full on experience, like being that age, I think, growing up in Tuggeranong and being, you know, one of the only Asians really in that area as well. Um, so it was like, yeah I don't know it was different it was different for me like I never I didn't get to I didn't go to private schools I didn't get to go to like I never even knew when the Estedfords were like I hardly even finished school babe really really did you were you not a school girl you went into it I was in year seven I was like at the top of my grades and then I was like really good at mathematics I got in like the top two percent of maths and then I just discovered like life outside of school and everything else interested was more interesting to me than school mm-hmm. from like 14 years old. So, and I was, I was like the, I was the bad influence um, on a lot of people because I was always traveling to Indonesia and it, you know, it's so different over there, like growing up in Bali where like the laws are quite flexible, you know, like in terms yeah. of what age you have to be to drink or go to nightclubs or like smoke even. So, you know, chances were like if, if you like the, when people were to try their first cigarette, chances, chances were it was with Jay Lafay. They would try, <laughs> try their first joint. Chances were it was with Jay Lafay or like drink a hot skull, a whole bottle of fucking Johnny Walker black label and black out and pass out and wake up the next day vomiting on the ground. Chances are it was probably with Jay Lafay. Like that was, that was me. That was that yeah. person. So do you keep in touch with anyone from your high school who you were a quote-unquote bad influence on? Not on all of them, no. Like most of them I wouldn't even know what the fuck they're doing these days. But two, three of my best friends I'm, are still my best friends. And yeah. they were they were kind of bad influences on me too. We were actually all bad influences on each other. But, you know, fast forward, we're all in our 30s now. And, yeah, we're still like the best of friends ever. Yeah, that's so great. And you were saying yeah. before that you you knew that in your heart, like dance wasn't your career. Mm. So how was that kind of shift that you made from dance into other creative things? Like, what did you do? Did you make a conscious choice? Like I'm going to focus on seeking out work in these areas or did they just come to you? Like what happened? Um, I'll be honest. It was for mainly for financial reasons because Mm -hmm. I had been, you know, dancing for like, I don't know if, good seven or eight years or whatever I was um actually in Hong Kong and um I did a couple of DJ gigs there and I was like oh you know people keep telling me that I'm a, I'm an okay DJ like and how come I'm getting paid more in one hour than I am in like an entire week of dancing so I guess the logical side of, of my brain was like you need to think about the future and do what's going to basically earn you more money, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that, that was, that was the, the pivoting moment for me. Mm. Um, 
yeah, and I missed, I missed home. I wasn't happy. I was like, you know, I, I like, I loved what I was doing, but it was very repetitive. It, but, and I didn't want to go back up dance for like Chris Brown or, you know, any of mm-hmm. the, the famous R&B or hip hop acts at the time. Um, and I'd been offered, you know, to do so many different tours and stuff. And I just never, uh, because I'm like, I love the limelight myself. So I was like, I don't know if I can back up dance with someone else. And I, and I had like toured Australia with Timo Maddock as his backup dancer for like years. And I was just like, I'm just, it's not my place. Like, I don't want to yeah. do it. Yeah. You're done. Um, you need the, you need that light. Well, I don't know, I guess, but I was also really shy at the same time. So I don't know what was with me. I was very creative, like very, very creative. And I was still like entering dance comps and doing battles and like teaching and um, judging comps and stuff, like a lot of hip hop comps at the time. But um, yeah, I just like, I love making money and dancing wasn't it for me. Mm-hmm. So it's like those that were able to make a really fucking thriving career out of dancing, like kudos to those people, man, because it's fucking hard. Mm-hmm. That industry is tough. Mm. it is it's so tough I've got a few friends who are professional dancers and like wow that is it's cutthroat like we think other things are hard but dance is another thing because like as well your body your body has to be top shape you have to look young you have to be on top of all the trends like I'm still listening Mm -hmm. to the same music from like 10 years ago I'm so fucking out of the (laughs) loop like it's terrible it's so bad yeah who are you listening to Oh, doll, I love an old school Rihanna. I love an old school Beyonce. I love a disco hit. I love disco. Um, Yeah, you know, but I just, I never really know what to listen to on my Spotify. So I always just go on to like my most recently played and it's just the same songs over and over again. So, you know what, each to their own. That's what you you love, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's the beauty about about music is that there, I feel like there there are no rules when it comes to music. Yeah. What kind of music do you listen to? Oh, it's changed throughout the ages. But at the moment, because I'm so like heavy and deep into A1 The Show, it's a lot of drill. It's a lot of rap. It's a lot of um, hip hop. And then like a little bit of R&B, even though I, I love R&B so much, like bedroom jams are my shit. And I love all like the 90s R&B as well early 2000s and shit but because of my job like I have to stay up to date with mm-hmm. drill and rap and hip-hop so that's mainly what I listen to at the moment aggressive rap aggressive rap <laughs> <laughs> she says in her snake skin bloody turtleneck she's into it can you tell us about only with Jade LaFlay what's only with Jade LaFlay um so this was a concept that I created just before we went into lockdown last year so it was fucking perfect timing thank god um and I just I felt like there were there weren't enough sort of media outlets for people like us Mm -hmm. who like music that we like Mm -hmm. um in Australia so that was the kind of premise of it was to to get you know, to tell the stories or assist with telling the stories of the artists that we have in our country that are, you know, they're, they're and they're popping off. Like these aren't just people that decided one day I'll make music and mm-hmm. they've got like a couple of thousand streams. Like these are people that have millions and millions and millions of streams already, you know, and, and there are 
people around the world noticing these artists in our own backyard but don't really have like that um, media kind of outlet to um, to showcase them here. So that's mm. kind of how I, that's, that's yeah, why I started it. And then, yeah, and when I was thinking of the name, like we, we couldn't think of, of a name. I think I was, I was originally going to call it The Love Below and it was oh. going to be like a slightly different, yeah, like after the Outcast album. Yeah. But then like we thought about it, we're like, okay, we kind of need to be a bit more like with the times and obviously only with only fans popping off. Oh, yeah. I see. Mm. Oh, that's yes. so sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where the where the name came from because it's like, oh, only with Jayla Flay, it kind of sounds a bit cheeky, mm. but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. You never know. It could be. Yeah. Um. So that's how that started. Yeah. Who is your favorite guest that you've interviewed, either on Only with Jayla Flay or on A One? Ooh, um, I'm going to have to say so far it's been hands down, sweetie. I just, oh. I have to give it up. Yeah. Just because like, obviously she's a, she's a woman. Yeah. Like, and she's killing it and she's fucking beautiful and she's Filipino. And I just think like that level of success is insane, you know? And to be able to just have a chat with her, for me, it's like, okay, I feel like I'm actually moving in the right direction, not only for like my own career, but, you know, connecting Australia with those sort of artists that like, because America is a whole different game, Mm -hmm. you know, as much as we probably hate to admit it, or maybe we don't think about it enough, but it's like, it's a whole nother ball game. It's a you know, there's more money there, there's more work there, there are more people fighting to be number one. It's just a whole different, whole different world, you know. So that for me was like fucking awesome. But um, I also loved the interview with AJ Tracy. Um, I feel like I've been a fan of his like from day dot. So to watch him grow into the artist that he is today, like, and so quickly as well. And he's still independent. So like, that's fucking sick too. Um, yeah. So, and then Hooligan Hefts, of course. Mm. That was, that was, he, like, I feel like he, he was definitely the reason why only with Jay Lafay popped off the way it did. Aha. Uh-huh. Was he your, one of your first guests? He was my first guest. Right. I'll openly admit that, you know, like, I can't, I can't pretend it was anything else. I mean, I know I'm fucking like, yeah, you're great I'm at what great, you do. Whatever. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. But I felt like the country and his fans were like waiting to hear from him. And yeah. the fact that he chose only with Jade LaFlay, uh, you know, and he would have been asked so many times um, to do interviews and stuff. But when he agreed to do mine, it was like, wow, okay, this is. And within like we released the episode and within like 15 minutes or something, we partnered with YouTube and it, yeah, it was crazy. Like, we did uh, like numbers that I just, that I was, I was shocked. I was so shocked. That's amazing. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, I know. It's it's crazy. It's actually insane. That is in the and best possible way. And trying to sustain that is so, trying to sustain that has been so hard. Like, because mm. we set the, the fucking benchmark so high. 
<laughs> yeah, you did yourself the best favor and also the like a bit of a disservice because you're like, oh crap. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. But no, don't yeah. worry. You're gonna hit that benchmark tenfold. That's the way it's gonna be, as you say. You gotta manifest it. Believe it. Believe it. Well, that's exactly what we've done. Like within 12 months, Spotify approached me and wanted to do a Spotify original, which is what I had literally written down. Like wow. I said, the next step is this. It was either going to be Spotify or Apple Music and Spotify hit me up first. So I was like, all right, Spotify it is. Yeah, that's amazing. See, you're just kicking goals. You're a real hustler. Like how do you, where's your work ethic come from? The work ethic comes from the very crazy strong line of women in my family. Mm-hmm. I relate hard. Yeah. You relate hard. Yep. Yeah. We've had this chat before, yes. you know, it's like it's inbred in us, you know, from the moment we leave the womb. Um, and, you know, my, my grandmother being an entrepreneur herself, you know, she came to this country, she couldn't speak a word of English. She was left, um, cause my grandfather passed away. She was left with, you know, four kids and couldn't speak English. And then from there built her empire. Mm-hmm. And it was like, so that, you know, that would have been fucking tough. And like, how, how do you do that? How do you, like, she taught herself English from by carrying around a dictionary. And then she started, you know, hustling by cooking food and selling it to people at, at embassies, walking around to different embassies and selling food. Like, and then, yeah, so I guess it's just that, like, old school mentality, you know, immigrant mentality that's just been instilled in me. Mm. So that's definitely where it comes from mm. <laughs> initially, yeah. Um, and, like, I'm so grateful because when I was a lot younger, I used to think, like, I don't want to fucking do this, I don't want to do that, but I'd still do it. Mm. And that was the difference, you know. You could be someone that that wakes up every day and doesn't want to fucking do this, doesn't want to do that, and then doesn't do it. Mm. But I was... I felt like I had that in me. I had that like desire in me to get shit done, whatever Mm. it may have been. Totally. I think dance really nurtures that type of behavior as well. Like, Mm. you know, like it's all about discipline dance. If you're working for someone else, especially you have, doesn't matter if you don't want to do the fucking dance, you got to do it. Yeah. And you have to be, it's teamwork and, and it's physical and it takes your mind. Like I think dance is very good at instilling discipline in, in kids in ways that Absolutely. you don't think about to get older, for sure, for sure. Absolutely. Mm. I agree with that. Mm. Yeah, I also, I was an athlete as well, so I learned a lot of discipline through Hang on, whoa, um, what, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I know, on. I know it's so random. I literally what type of athlete? You represented was, Australia in what? In sprinting. No way. In athletics. I know, I know, it's crazy, hey. So you could have been up there this year, Tokyo Olympics, with Paddy Mills being the flag bearer if you chose that path. Maybe. I went to school with Paddy Mills. You did. Went to school with Paddy Mills, yeah. Um, yes. And I was meant to be, I was meant to be like Australia's next like female sprinter because I, well, when I first started sprinting and the first time I represented the country, I was only 12. And they were like, yeah, like Jade's gonna be da-da-da-da. But I was just too creative and my heart wasn't in it. Mm. Mm. So I did that and then I was like, "Eh." (laughs) I just, "Eh, it's boring. Yeah. Yeah. Like the whole process of it is so fucking boring. Like I just don't think I'm going to last. And I knew that from like the age 13. Isn't that crazy though? Those things that you just know in yourself about yourself so young. 
yeah, a hundred percent. But I kept doing all like the school carnivals and like, you know, doing little athletics and for the social aspect as well. I loved all that shit. And just knowing that I could like run faster than people. So <laughs> see, I'm offensive. <laughs> I love it. That's not offensive. That's funny. That is okay. truth. If that's the truth as well, you're faster than people own it, wear it, put a banner on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> So I don't know how fast I would run these days, though, honestly. Oh, girl, I used to be a bit of a sprinter. I used to be good at the high jump. Yeah, and then I went the high to, jump. yeah, I love a little bit of a high jump, a little bit of a high kick over the bar. So good at that. Yeah. But then I went to like regionals and I went to the tiniest little primary school. We were so unequipped. We had nothing. And I went to regionals and all these kids were like amazing. And I was like, yeah, this is where I bow out. Like, I was like, I'm not even trying, guys. Like, I'm not even doing this to myself. Like, this, I'm going back to dance class. Goodbye. Like, this is not for me. So it started with dance for you and then you went into acting? Yeah, it started with dance and then I went, I got into a performing or creative arts high school and I majored in acting and music there. And then I went to acting school after that. But, yeah, I loved dance. That was my, like, I still got so many good friends from my years there. You're such a performer, like you're an entertainer you know even just from those nights that we've been out and I've heard you sing and I've heard you dance you put on a show for everyone and it's like (laughs) I know it's terrible I love it oh my god sometimes I'm like Aisha calm down do you know what I I would identify as an introvert and here I am out there loud as can be (laughs) waving around like there's no tomorrow I don't know well that's this is how, like, when people ask me about identity and what I think about it and shit, it's it's so hard sometimes because I think we can be introverted and extroverted and we can be creative and not creative and, like, we can fucking be all of it. Mm. And Do you like your own everything. company? Are you a person who likes to be alone? Yeah, when I want to be alone, yeah, I love it. But then there are times where I'm, I'd love to see people as well. So it just, it depends. I'm very, I think I have AD, ADD. I'm pretty sure. Me too. Me yeah. too. Yeah. We should get tested. Yeah. Oh, I've, I've, my doctor tells me I'm all sorts of things. And okay. that's, yeah, apparently that's one of them. Um, okay, gorge. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's very it's, interesting. Mm, Do you yeah. see that behavior? Because I, I only think I've got ADD because I look at my grandpa and I look at my mom and I'm like, you guys have ADD and I do the same things as you do. I have ADD. Like, do you look at your family and think, hang on a second, these behaviours remind me of me? Yeah, well, um, my family, like, has, there's a lot of depression in my family. So Mm -hmm. that's one thing that's definitely been passed down to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I try and fight that so hard. Mm. Um, But I don't think, I don't really see the ADD in, in anyone else in my family. Wow. Yeah. I am, I'm the problem child. I am. I've always, I've always been that one, the one, the one that um, just I don't know, does what she wants, is a bit crazy, you know. Are you the oldest? I am. I'm yeah. the oldest. I have two younger brothers. And hang on, I just want to go back a second because you said your dad was a b boy. How did your parents yeah. meet? So my dad was also a DJ, and my mom was like managing a nightclub in Canberra called On Bow, and my dad was like touring and and had a show there and then that's how they met like wow. in the DJ booth yeah that is crazy that your dad was a DJ too that's crazy <laughs> I know but like as I got older and and started 
like making serious money from DJing, he got like a bit salty. We don't talk. We don't talk okay. anymore. Don't but, worry, neither um, do me and my dad, doll. Join the club. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Daddy issues. Let's go. Well, no, I don't reckon but I've got any daddy issues. Oh, you're just in denial. Oh, okay. It's okay. I need to go to some more therapy. <laughs> no, don't waste your money. Okay. My mum's a therapist, actually. I'll just talk to her about it. Well, free therapy. Yeah. But then that makes it that makes it even more complicated because she's your mum as well. And I'm sure you have mum issues too. Like everyone yeah. has mum issues. We all have issues. I got issues with myself, but no issues with you, Jade. <laughs> Thank God. You know what? We've never had issues. I know. We've never had issues. I want to know what draws you to a project. Like you're so busy. How do you decide what you want to work on? Mm-hmm. How do you decide what's worth your time? I guess I I think ahead and I think, is this going to fit in with my future plans? I am, I'm a planner. Mm-hmm. If there's anything that I've learned through everything that I've done is that, you know, planning and, and like down to the detail, not, okay, that sounds a little bit OCD, but obviously you need to think about what it, what it is that you're going to invest your time and invest yourself in and um, your energy. And I think, you know, it's quite easy for me because, like I said before, I have so much freedom now. I can, if something excites me, if something really excites me, then I'll be like, oh, I'm going to give that more time to, to I'm going to give that thought more time and plan that out a bit more mm-hmm. and see where where that leads me. And some some ideas might might work and it's, you know, about time. It's a timing thing as well. And if it kind of happens all nicely and organically and smoothly and um, then it's like, fuck yeah, let's go with that. But sometimes things don't work out and that's cool too. And you kind of just have to learn to let that go, know when when an idea or when a project's going to work or when it's not, you know, and mm. just let it go if it isn't. Mm. So, and I have a lot of like projects I'm working on. So um, that's kind of how I, I feel my way through it. Mm. And, and so A, it needs to excite me. B, the plan needs to be solid. I need to know that it's going to work, you know. They're probably the two main things that mm. I look at. Have you ever done a project and then afterwards been like, ah, shit, I wish I didn't do that? <laughs> Look, I wouldn't say shit, I wish I didn't do that, but I could have <laughs> definitely lived my life without it. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. But I think, you know, maybe when I was younger I would have, when I was younger, I used to regret things more for some reason. Now that mm-hmm. I'm older, I tend to I, I regret, like I just don't regret anything mm. now, you know. So, yeah, I guess I'm pretty lucky mm. in that sense. Mm. And I already know the answer to this question, but do you believe in the divine timing of the universe? Absolutely, darling. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. That's the thing. I think that's probably why I don't have any regrets either because you're like everything happens the way it's supposed to you got to trust the process. Things Doesn't pop into your life when like they're supposed to. No, they don't. Yeah. They, they don't. don't. Okay. And I need to get out That's the sad more. thing. No, don't get out. Don't get out. It's crazy out there. <laughs> <laughs> don't get out there. No, but people don't. It makes me sad. People don't. People don't believe. And you can see it. And that's what, why they're so angry. Just... Yeah, okay. You know, one of my favourite affirmations yeah. is, things happen for me, not to me. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people feel like things happen to them and you can feel that in the way that they interact with you and they interact with the world, you know, and you're like, Ooh, Mm -hmm. 
and they take yeah. it out on everyone else. Have you ever had moments though where you feel like something's happening to you? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. And I'm and then I have to remind myself, no. What can I learn from this? What can I take from this? Like, do I want to let this destroy mm. me or can I build myself back up? And also I often think about in my head, like, will this matter in three months? Will this matter in six months? Will this matter in a year? And more often than mm. not, the answer is no. And so I can kind yeah. of sleep easy knowing that. And and also thinking like, I've got all these sayings in my head. This is how I get through my life. People come into your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And you just got to accept that. And you can't, mm. you can't change anyone's behavior and you can't control anyone. And the more I realize that, the more I'm able to move through the world with more peace because I know that things aren't about me. Not everything is about absolutely. you. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think we all, you know, no matter who you are, either you learn that lesson and you can come out on the other end, you know, when you do go through those tests, because the universe always, I feel like the universe is always testing us, you know, mm-hmm. some days we get, we get bigger tests and other days we may not get any tests, but one thing's, you know, guaranteed, like the universe will test us. So I guess we all go through really tough ones. Like I've gone through a really, probably the biggest test of my entire fucking life recently. Mm. And just when I thought that I had like been through it all or whatever, and maybe I'll go through more, I don't know, but it feels like the biggest test that I've had to deal with from the universe. And I've definitely come out so much stronger and so much happier. It's, it's been life-changing, absolutely life-changing. How do you deal with it though? Like what's your process? How do you recognize this and how do you move forward? I remove myself. So I'm an out of, out of sight, out of mind type of bitch. Like anything that's making me feel a type of way that I don't want to feel, I'm like, all right, I have to remove myself because like you said before, like you cannot control other people. You cannot control things going on around you and you can feel a type of way. Yeah, that's fine. But you, you can't just stand there and force it to move. You know, you can't, turn a fucking what's that saying fucking turn a square into a triangle or whatever yeah, we know yeah you know you know what I'm trying to I know say. what you're talking about yeah yeah it's like that you know so I tend to I go into my shell and I I retreat and I and that may sound sad but it just seems like the safest most peaceful way to deal with the universe's big fucking tests mm, you know absolutely Without harming other people too Well, that's much, the like- thing. And also without harming yourself. It's not safe for yourself to, to keep putting yourself in situations where you know you're going to feel shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%. It's just not the way. I'm the same. I have, I'm out of sight, out of mind. At the end of the day, like, you've got to do what you've got to do. And if someone wants to have a conversation about it, great. But most likely they don't want it because they don't want to face their own actions. So you know what? Just step away and be the bigger person. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I also am a big, like, I I don't mind burning bridges, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. like that sounds a bit savage, but sometimes I think, you know, the world's just better off without you being in each other's lives or you doing that thing that you you were doing before that wasn't working out. Like you just have to fucking cut the tires, like snip in the bin. Yeah. Like the end. That's that. 
And at the same token, like if you're supposed to be in each other's lives, you will be. You just got to trust the universe. It's all the same stuff. It's all the same stuff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. hundred percent. Let's write a book. (laughs) I'm really bad at English and I didn't pass English class. My English teachers hated me. And so I'd probably be terrible at writing a book. Well, doll, I'm really good at English. So we'll talk and I'll write it down. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to ask you, because you work in a lot of male dominated industries. Ooh, okay. You know, patriarchy, misogyny, whatever, they're all around. How -hmm. do you deal with working in a male dominated industry? Have you ever dealt with sexism or even racism? Oh, absolutely. All the time. Yeah. Okay. So what's your, are you, okay. In those moments when you're dealing with that kind of stuff, because I know you're a a straight talker. Do you Mm. confront in the moment? Does it depend who it is? How do you, do you remove yourself from this situation? As you were saying before, like, how do you deal? I try to not act on emotion. I try to step away from situations, process them, and then figure out how I'm going to deal with it. I try to. Mm. Um, other times I could, you know, essentially make someone cry because of what I have to say about what they've just, you know, done, Mm -hmm. whether it's racist or they're sexist or whatever, and it just comes out and, and I can't stop myself. Um, so it just really depends on how I'm feeling that day and what's at stake. Um, but yeah, I've definitely been in so many fucking crazy situations I wouldn't even know like where to begin mm. um and I've I've handled each and every single one of them probably like differently every time you know because I find myself in these situations all the time throughout my life mm. that it's just almost expect it's expected you know and that's mm. that, that's quite sad but you equip yourself with the tools and the mental toughness to deal with it mm. if you choose to you know and that's what I, from a very young age, I chose to to do is to be mentally tough. Do you have a so, like a list of people that you're like you've crossed me now, and that's that? <laughs> yeah, look, I I get over it pretty quickly though, so I don't really feel the need to write it down. Like <laughs> people that I've beefed with before in my life or have crossed me, like they might pop up again in the future, and I'm like oh I forgot you even exist like yeah literally you know but yeah once you have once you have crossed me yeah I'm I'm like you it's like that's 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 it for me mm. you know but I I guess somewhere in my heart I have a like a soft spot as well um but it's very 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 difficult to even like make my my soft side like to reach that level of like love with me <laughs> mm, mm. how do you keep your inner circle close and like how do you spot a true ally or a true friend from someone who's fake or someone who's just wanting to I'm sure people want to use you you know or like mm. there's so many clout chasers out there like how do you navigate that I mean it's it's so funny because a lot of people like ask me this question and I guess I'm still in my head just like I still I mean we're all just normal human beings walking the fucking earth right so why Mm -hmm. would you want to why would anyone ever want to use each other 
mm. you know, have, why would anyone have bad intentions? But like you said, like there are people that do. And I think I'm still learning that, I guess. But it's just so much easier for me to just be like, everyone's an acquaintance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> until you ain't, you know? Mm-hmm. And I like, I have my family and I have, like I told you about my best friends that I've been, you know, like my literal day ones. And I guess they, I feel like they know me, you know, if you really know someone, then that's like a different level of friendship that you can never, you know, actually just have with someone that you, well, that's, that's how I feel. Some people don't feel that way. Some people can be like, oh, you know, new people, I'm not afraid to cut off the old ones for the new ones if you treat me better, whatever. I fucking see memes and shit like that all the time and, like, I get it. But I just find it so hard to trust. Mm. So it takes a lot for me to, like, you could be my ally, I guess, to a certain extent, but I probably probably still won't trust you, you know, mm. until you, like, really prove me otherwise. And that, that for me, is, like, a time thing. Mm. That takes time. Yeah. If in the five to ten years that I've known you, you haven't been a fucking shady weirdo, then cool, I can probably trust you. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know if that's a good way to be. I don't know. That's just how I've been taught. Like yeah. I've literally been taught to be like that. I think that's, again, it's protection. And, like, I don't think it's necessarily good or bad. It just is. And, mm. like, if that's what you have to do to keep yourself safe, then do it. Absolutely. And I think we should probably have a little bit of, like, wits about us when it comes to you know getting to know people and I I like to think that I'm a good person and I move with I hope that like people can see that that I move with good intentions and you know I what I put out in the universe I believe will you know comes back to me so I feel like if I'm putting out those vibes then I'll get that in return so Mm -hmm. I do I do believe in that but allyship I mean that one's tough like yeah, because I have been in so many, I've been burnt so much, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's hard. It's hard to tell. It is. How do you bounce back from that? Um, I just, I've, I'm, I'm a big believer in karma, babe. Like, yeah. I'm just such a big believer in karma. I just think, you know, you can't change yourself because of crappy things that have been done to you. You can't stop being yourself, you know? And so, like, when I say, like, I don't trust people, it doesn't mean I'm walking around going, I can't talk to you, can't, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'd love but, to see that, though, you in, like, a big yeah. hoodie, like, running around, <laughs> yeah. hiding yourself. Like, yeah, like, I'm still a, a social out there person, you know? I do talk to people and, like, I'm open in a sense at the same time, but it's, a, like, but trust is another thing. Um, so yeah bouncing back um you just have no fucking choice either you you let shit consume you or you go out and just fuck shit up and you know I don't like wasting time just don't Mm. like it I'm understanding that more or feeling that more as I feel like I'm stepping more and more into my womanhood I'm like I don't have time for anyone's shit I just don't you just don't you don't even have time for your own shit literally literally the amount of conversations I have to have with myself, like, snap out of it, you dumb bitch. Like, and then I go, okay, cool. Yeah. Moving on. Moving 100%. on. And you have to hold yourself accountable and have good people around you who will hold you accountable. And that's 
Absolutely. That's a true friendship, I think. People who hold you accountable and you yes. trust what they say. Yes, there you go. That You're actually hitting the nail on the head now. I think that's how I like to, I like to surround myself with people that are in the set, that same mindset. Absolutely, it's so important because the conversations that you'll be having are different, you know, mm-hmm. and when you're like us and you're, you know, like you and I have, from what I know of you, like you've been through quite a lot, you know, mm. a lot of trials and and you've come out on top and stuff. So it's important that you're surrounding yourself with people that really have like a deep understanding of that mm. as well. Mm. So like I'm, you know, I don't, even in a work environment, you know, if I feel like someone's not on that level, like I will naturally just like retract like, and I just can't be around it or I can't engage or I can't get close to that person because I'm just like, no, you don't, you don't have anything in you at the moment that's making me feel like it's worth engaging with you. Big thing for me, like I stepped away from like partying so hard and stepping out of those environments was a huge factor for me that, that was so important for me to do because I flipped my life, you know, around and, started achieving things that I only ever dreamed of or I thought would would take me 10 years to achieve I was doing you know in a few months kind of vibe the amount of things that I've achieved for myself since January last year or even the year before that it's crazy mm. like and and I put that down to just not partying yeah <laughs> like something so simple <laughs> changed my life. Breaking out of those circles or those routines can be difficult, but at the end of the day, you're only holding yourself back. And that's the thing like, yeah, we need to. And I was talking to about this with Mel kind of the other day, just talking about Mm. boys and whatever. And, and we were both like, fuck, why don't we stop thinking about them? And start thinking about us and how, because I was mm. saying, you know, I, I love helping people and nourishing people and whatever. And then I was like, fuck, I need to stop thinking about them. Think about what I could be. Think about my potential. Think about my future. Put that energy and those thoughts into myself. I'm like, wow, I was here yeah. all along. Absolutely. And as I say, like, women love a project. Humans are so predictable, like, so predictable, babe. Mm. We love a good project. We love, and it, no matter how much we try and deny it, there's just something about us that fucking loves that. Oh, here's a nice, perfect guy that's going to treat me right. And here's a fucking dude that's going to absolutely ruin my life. And I might just, I might just go over there and see if I can fix them. It is just, it's the strangest thing that we do. It's, and it's horrible. It makes me feel sick. It makes me feel fucking sick sometimes. It's like, why (laughs) we put ourselves in these situations. I'm like, why? Why, 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 why? It's like sometimes I feel like I need to knock myself on the head. And yeah, like, but it's like know. no more. You know, no like more. you said, it's, stop, it's no more. Hold yourself accountable. No fucking more. Who is Jade LaFlay when she's not in the spotlight? Um, she's not in the spotlight. <laughs> when? <laughs> Okay. Wow. Okay. I've, I've, I've asked a bad question. <laughs> no, my life feels like a movie, babe. I love that. Can up- you get a reality show? Yes. Can I be on it? Yes. Stunning. I wake up in the morning and I honestly think to myself, I have to get up 
and put on my best outfit and like make myself look 100 yes. because even if I'm just walking down the street to get a coffee bitch you best believe I'm I'm gonna be looking so fly that's 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 me like I feel like when no one else is around I'm g'ing myself up fucking constantly you know I'm always in like my own little head like idea I love I just coming up with ideas and listening to music and thinking writing down like what I want to do like whether it's you know a show I want to do or a brand I want to work with or like someone I want to talk to something I want to do on the gram like fucking now I'm into building houses like yeah wait 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 can we have a moment for the building houses because I've seen this but I haven't fully comprehended tell me about the building houses okay so a really good friend of mine he started a property development and construction company a couple of years ago we caught up over Yumcha last year where I was still working um as a business manager for the CEO and CFO of Foxtel and Fox Sports. And he was like, I was like, uh, I just, I've got to, I got to do something different ASAP. And he's like, my business is going so well. And I was like, fantastic. You will hire me. Great. And so he left Yumcha. He drove back to Canberra. I drafted my employment agreement. I wrote up my position description. I emailed it to him and I was like, this is how much you'll pay me. And this is what I'll do for you. And he was like, bitch yes he's like but I don't want you to just like work for me like I want you to be a part of this business like we're gonna we're gonna grow this business together which is what my background is and is in as well like I used to work at like um, law firm startups so like I have you know a lot of kind of knowledge in how to start a fucking business I guess sort of but not really I never went to school to do it or anything I just kind of whatever I'm a people person you know it's not she's got the smarts though she's got the smarts yeah yeah sometimes it's not about what you know it's about who you know Mm -hmm. and everything's crossing over these days you know like in every single field of work it's not just like oh property is just fucking you build a house the end you know there's so much to it now so yeah we were just like we set some goals I was like I want to be I want to own my own properties, like something I always dreamt about, thought could never happen, thought it wasn't a a realistic goal. But, you know, now I've bought two properties in like the last couple of months and a block of land and we're going to start building a house and we want to build, like our thing is we want to build luxury homes (gasps) for people, like like designs that you just don't see, you know. So we're really thinking outside the box. Like one of the houses we've got a haven't told anyone this yet but we've got like a we're trying to get a helicopter um pad like on top oh my of God. one of the houses yeah I know it's crazy we're I just, love we're this just being, we're just being crazy with it dude this is like I, I literally try as corny as it sounds like I try to make my life like a movie yeah and why the fuck not it's your life and Do why what you want with not? it yeah exactly and we're trying to intertwine like you know, our love for music because we obviously, you know, have a background in music too. And I'm like, how can I somehow bring these two worlds together? So, you know, I have this vision of building a house for, I don't know, DJ Khaled or some shit. I don't know. Like you could. crazy. Why not? You know, something, something different. Build, yeah. a, build a house with Greg. I don't know. And but, that's so creative as well. You're still tapping into your cre- creativity with all of that. Yeah. I've always, I've always loved architecture, always loved architecture, Mm. you know, and just from scrolling through thousands of memes every day. And when I come across a crazy house that, you know, 
I'm just like, whoa, what the fuck is this? And is can and now I'm thinking instead of just looking at that and going, oh, what a what a nice dream. I'm looking at and thinking, can I build that? Yeah. Okay. Last <laughs> question I want to ask you is, do you okay. have a recommendation for the listeners? Anything at all? Uh, um. Everyone needs to go watch Too Hot to Handle. Oh, I agree. <laughs> because it is the possibly like the worst but best show you'll ever watch. Yeah. It'll get you out of your head and into your feels. Yeah. And that's what we need. And we need something light and happy at the moment. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And like there are a lot of good looking people on there. They're nice to look at. They're all, you know, a bit weird. I'm into that. Yeah, I'm I into just, it too. I love, I love it. I yeah. love it. I've literally become one of those people that I thought I would never become. Like when I was younger, I just, I, I loathe Big Brother and I loathe reality TV, and I thought like it is the pits. Yeah. But now I can see the appeal in it. Yeah, I know it. It serves a purpose. It serves a purpose. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for chatting, sis. It's been so beautiful. Oh, my God. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of No Offence But. Jade and I have been trying to tee this chat up for a hot minute, but, you know, I think it happened exactly when it was supposed to. The divine timing of the universe. You can find links to Jade's IG and her shows in the show notes, as well as links to more info about me and Blackbirds. The sweetest thing you could do for me today is to download and subscribe to this podcast. It really helps. And while you're at it, send it to a friend, send it to a neighbor, send it to practically anyone. If you have a suggestion for a guest or a conversation, hit me up in my DMs at Ish Ash. And remember, I trust in the divine timing of the universe. I trust in the divine timing of the universe. I trust in the divine timing of the universe. See you next week.